Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with a Schizophrenic. I'm your host, Duncan Samrasinger, and today I have the great pleasure of having Jen with me. She is from Michigan in the, in the United States of America. She's in her early 30s and has a diagnosis of schizoaffective disorder, depressive type, as well as anxiety. So hello, Jen. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure. <laughs> so, Jen, what um, what I want to ask and talk about is um, I, I would like if you could give the listeners an understanding of how your mental health journey began, how you got your diagnosis, um, did you go into hospital? So if you'd like to talk about that, that would be fantastic. Sure. Um, well, I started having symptoms when I was pretty young, like as a child. Um, I would see things and hear things. But uh, I lived with my grandparents and my grandmother um, kind of explained it away as either my imagination or the quote ghost that lives in her house. She had a cute little name for him. So anytime, yeah, anything odd thing, she kind of calmed me down with, oh, it's just Henry. It's okay. So (laughs) I know it sounds really silly, but it actually did help as a child because you're like, okay, this is okay. So I could be a little less scared. But, you know, it was not quite as intense as it got as I started getting older. Um, Yeah. So, so, so hold on a second. What did you, you saw things when you were a child? Yeah, I would see like shadow people is the best way to describe it. Yeah. And, you know, I'd look out my window and someone would be waving at me and I'd, you know, hear whispers. So, you know, it was easy for grandma to say, oh, that's a ghost. Yeah, maybe it was. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, no. Anytime something weird happens, no, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, it does. Obviously, when you when you have a diagnosis as an adult, it does link in. Because I also, as a child, I would say when I got to about the age of fifteen or sixteen, my mind was full of chatter, and it's only looking back now that I think it was accumulation of hearing voices, which I never really understood as a child. Um, so I, I think I think when you get older, you look back and you think you can recognize um, what was happening. Um, so yeah, so carry, so carry on. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> so uh, as I got older, obviously things got a little more intense. But unfortunately, the yeah. background I come from is a bit uh, old-fashioned, conservative kind of background so you just pretend everything's fine all the time so no matter what's happening to you everything's fine which is why Mm. you know uh we're having this very serious conversation and i'll still like laugh from time to time because that's just how my family deals with things everything's fine wonderful Mm -hmm. people are having a grand old time at funerals which i've always thought is kind of messed up but yeah Mm. so um when and it got to the point as a teenager that I was hospitalized because I did attempt suicide unsuccessfully, obviously. I'm sorry. But 
it's okay. Um, but again, that was another thing that was just kind of brushed away. Like, oh, it was just a momentary thing. Don't worry about it. My, They didn't really want to do anything psychological because it wasn't that. It was just, I was a teenager, you know? That's, and that was kind of their reasoning. Uh, so I, to get around, you know, the lack of that kind of stuff, I just ended up trying to busy myself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yep. Yep. I would have uh, like three screens on my computer going and then a video game going at the same time. And I'd have headphones listening to music and talking to friends all at the same time, which I guess kind of helped develop skills of multitasking but it was just kind of a way to try and like keep myself distracted from what i was hearing and seeing um and then uh i got out of there as soon as i graduated high school i i moved up to michigan i was not i was originally from more of a southern area and i moved up to michigan Uh, i had a friend here so i came here um and unfortunately i instead of seeking help like the real normal way i just became a bit of a party girl and just drank a lot which yep (laughs) uh Mm -hmm. i was a waitress and then i would just drink so uh ways yeah i I, i've I've been there as well when i was in my 20s yeah I, um... i think it's common for people in our situation to just kind of be like, oh, I can take yeah. care of this. I'll just self-medicate. Spoiler alert, that's not, if for any younger people listening, that's not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it wasn't until, uh, I eventually stopped that lifestyle. Um, I met a quite wonderful person who's now my husband, who's very supportive. Yeah. And uh, the only time I drink now is socially with my sister-in-law and that's like you know a glass of something not um that's nice though i think that's nice thank you yeah he's pretty cool i guess (laughs) um but it wasn't and so up here we have we're a bit of a misfit group of friends that i have um and the we have two Mm. people who are a bit older than us they're about 10 years older than i am uh, and we call ourselves a little, like, we're a little family, because we all kind of have, yeah. like, I have problems with my family. I don't really talk to them as much. We, and when I do, we don't get along. Um, so yeah. my quote-unquote parents up here uh, recognize something has been wrong, like they could kind of tell. And so uh, they kind of was like, okay, I think we should talk about this, and I think we should see someone. And I was very against it, because, again... I pretend like everything's wrong. Everything's funny. I'll just hide everything with humor. Um, But they were able to kind of see past that and be like, no, you're going, we're going to take you somewhere. And I will, uh, the quote unquote dad of our group, he was like, I will go with you. So for uh, my first quite a few sessions, he went with me and that's where everything kind of came out. And uh, I got the diagnosis that I have now. And that was a couple years ago. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of, um, I hear some people say they got diagnosed when they're like 17, more people get diagnosed in their twenties. There are some people who get diagnosed in their late thirties, but you know, so I, I guess, it, I, I guess probably it's probably slightly late. I mean, you're probably suffering for quite a long time 
without being treated. Um, how 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 is how was the treatment for you? Did it was it effective? Um, it was. I. Uh, I had another terrible joke. I say I'm on a cocktail, um, but that cocktail took a quite a long time to iron out. And I know that during that time there was some uh, issues. I'm very, again, fortunate from my friends who are very understanding of that. When I'm like, I can't right now, I'm sorry. Or they just check on and be like, hey, you haven't said anything in a while. What's going on? Um, and I also, my work mm. is very understanding of mental issues. Uh, my boss has a daughter who's in a similar situation. So when I'm like, I'm going into the server room, I just need to do this. It was okay for me to do that. Mm. And not everyone has that, which is terrible. But um, it took a lot of time to get the medications right. And for the most part, they're, they're pretty good now. Sometimes I have to adjust a little bit. But there was uh, something, there was a pillow on called Geodon. And that... Yes, yeah. That one messed me up. I know it's good for a lot of people, but it was uh, a really dark, dark time where um, I tend to self-harm, unfortunately, which I haven't in a while, but Geodon brought me back to that space. And, you know, okay. it's pretty embarrassing, I would say. And for it felt, well, I shouldn't say it is, it's not, but it felt embarrassing for a woman of my age to have to have her husband hide things from her so she wouldn't cut herself. So. Okay. Okay, fine. I mean, it's not an easy thing what you're going through. Um, you know, is a is a severe condition. So you're always going to have ups and downs. There was there's always going to be times yeah. in your life where it's going to be difficult because it is a battle. Um, so I don't think you know. There's no there's no shame if you. Do you know what I mean? It's a battle. It's a daily battle. So sometimes yeah. you win, sometimes it gets difficult. You know, that's that's what I would say. So I, well, I well, you said something interesting to me earlier. What is what is your occupation? Uh, I work in IT, so like a systems administrator. I also work in IT. That's why <laughs> I found it interesting. That is yeah. awesome. So did you did you work? Did you work? Did you have a break in your career or did you carry on working since um, adulthood? No, I, I've had a couple breaks. Um, uh, yeah. I, I didn't get into IT until a little later than probably most. I was in my uh, mid-20s. But like my early 20s, yeah. I just kind of did whatever, you know. Uh, and I did have a break mm -hmm. after... Uh, the job I had previous to this was not the best environment, Um not to get on like a soapbox or anything, but as a woman in IT, sometimes it's not the easiest position to be in over here in my neck of the woods. Uh, so I was in a place that was, um, it kind of felt like it was ran by frat boys, like tossing around footballs and mm. things like that. And, and as and my voice was very uh, unheard in that kind of environment, simply because I was the only woman who worked there. So that was, I, a, mean, that, I got that kind of, I'm just saying ahead, that I'm kind sorry. of environment in in twenty in twenty, you know, in twenty ten onwards, or any even in la last twenty years, it's kind of it shouldn't be there, you know. We've we've yeah, we've. Do you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous, yeah. and you're absolutely right to 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 um to reject that. You I know, agree. I mean, completely. I also say um, 
the occupation of IT is office-based. So sometimes it can be toxic, but so I guess, you know, sometimes sometimes what I find is um, the people who work in IT, they're not as, they might not understand people as well as, as other people do. That's very um, true. Yeah. So, but that, that's interesting, you work in IT. So you've got a kind of logical brain, um, I guess. Yeah, and I think that actually helps me. I shouldn't say it helps with my condition, but I think it does because after the fact, I'm able to go back and be like, okay, here's why you were wrong in your mind, like, or the voices are wrong. Let's think mm. about this. And it's something my therapist and I have worked with a lot is trying to use the rational part of my brain when the unrational part is taking over and kind of beating me down. Yeah, definitely. I definitely, I think, um, I think logic helps if you have a, if you have in the inner delusion, you can kind of logic your way out of it. Yeah. Um, you can say, well, you know, I think there's bugs in my bedroom, but where exactly are they? And, you know, you, you can, and wh- you know, where's, where's the power supply? Is there, are they being transmitted out to a van? I mean, you can, you can kind of work out holes in the, in the delusion, um, which I think can help as well. Yeah, that's exactly kind of what my therapist has said is like, okay, like try and find those holes with yeah, and go from there. So, yeah. so tell me, um, Jen, um, you said you're hearing voices. What sort of voices do you hear? Um, I hear a variety of voices, but they're all pretty negative depending on the situation that I'm in. Uh, I have a lot of anxiety about um, the people who are important to me. Just, I, I had such a weird upbringing of being kind of a pass around child, and like I never really saw my dad and those kind of things. So I have a lot of anxiety about that. So I have, you know, it's it's very much a constant battle of having to deal with like ten or so voices telling you that you're worthless and none of your friends actually like you and they only really hang out with you because of your husband that kind of thing uh even though mm. clearly that's not true because otherwise why would they take you to get therapy <laughs> um, oh yeah that, that, you know voices voices are not true yeah They're, you know generally 90 percent of the time they are negative and just and just nasty little things yeah um, so yeah that, that that's just the way they are um they i mean so what, what the what I mean, what do you do? You think the voices are hallucinations, and that's all it is, or do you think there's something more to it? Hmm. I go back and forth on that. To be perfectly honest with you, like I haven't, I've, I'm someone who wants to know the answer to everything because uh, I think that's also part of our logical IT brains. Is why is this broken? I'm going to yeah. find out. I don't care if it doesn't need fixed. I'm going to figure it out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that server's yeah. not been used in ten years. I'm still going to fix it. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I, I, I also have a lot of you know anxiety and there's some PTSD from um, some incidents in my younger days. So that kind of also plays in, like, I have a, f- a pretty irrational fear of tall men that, you know, I have a very yeah. good friend who's a tall man, and even though I've known him for years, he's very wonderful, when I'm 
first around him again after like not seeing him for a couple days it i'm i'm terrified and i hide behind our uh quote unquote dad because i'm the voices are just so loud and screaming like he's going to hurt you and he's going to do all these things to you oh my god what are you doing you stupid tart get out of here that's the kind of things that like scream in my head so uh that kind of also like whatever the situation is is how if i'm working it's because you know i'm not good enough for this job you're just a girl you shouldn't be doing that which you know obviously that's it's it's whatever my situation is is how they're going to attack me so in, in a way it's like uh it's like a translation of your of your fears and negative anxieties into voices if you know yeah. what i mean it's like a it's like, it's like it's like what you're feeling at your in your most anxious and your and in your most negative way, and then that's translated into voices which you can hear. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not. I, I get obviously it's not a nice thing to experience, um, and and I kind of said it before, but one one of the worst thing about hearing voices is that. Um, you can explain, you can you can tell someone, but you can't. They can't experience it. They can't experience what you're going through. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's okay. Um. Do you enjoy reading books, Jen? I do. Uh, I don't read as much as I used to, but um, I do really yeah. enjoy books, and uh, I play a lot. I guess I play a lot of RPGs, which are kind of like books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and not so many people. The reason I asked is a few few reasons. One thing, sometimes I I know that people with psychotic disorder diagnosis find it difficult to read uh, long periods of text. But sometimes, but I but there are times when you can read, and it also yeah. can be very helpful. You can read books about your illness. Or books about, you know, about topics which can help you, I think, um, or just n- fiction books just for escapism. Um, so and all, and also these days, like you say, RPGs because we have so many there's so many different types of entertainment that books have get sort of relegated to the dusty old bookshelf in the corner and and uh, and not used at all. Um, yeah, which is kind of see, sad. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I guess so. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you—I don't know. Like some, like like before, when I was younger, I had zero insight into into um, my diagnosis. But when I read books on it, I think that helped me. They give me that insight to give me an understanding of what the condition is and. You know, can, can, it's like a comfort, and you you realize that okay, there's reasons for what I'm feeling. You know, yeah. So I think uh, that's a good thing. I so agree. Have, have you? Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to ask another question. Um, do you have any favorite films that portray mental illness? Um, I I don't watch a ton of movies, um, because. I can't sit still very well without like actively okay. doing something. Cause that's when things I feel get loud. So I don't watch a lot of films. I, 
I mean, I watched Donnie Darko. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, movie. When it comes to movies, I I don't have uh, the ability to sit and watch, so I don't is tend that, to. Is that Akatesia? I'm sorry. Akatesia. Is that um Akatesia the restlessness caused oh. by medication? It might be. I've never been diagnosed with that or anything, but it's just if I if I sit and do nothing, I know it's going to get loud. I won't be able to distract myself because I still use distraction as a mechanism to ignore okay. like the voices and the things I see out of the corner of my eyes and those kind of things. So do you, so are you hearing voices like today and now? Is it a daily occurrence happening to you like every day? It is daily. It's not nearly as bad since I've been on medication. I just have, it normally starts pretty low unless something gets to me and ramps me up and, or like I encounter something I'm afraid of, or I, I get an idea in my head and then it just kind of like, I'm trying to think of a better word other than Katamari because no one's going to know what that means, but like, it, you know, it grows. Like you're like, okay, I have this idea in my head and now I can going to focus on it and everything's going to get bigger and bigger and louder and louder until... I can sort through it and be like, no, you're being irrational. Okay, what I was going to say is, I don't know if you've heard about this, but they did a study on people hearing voices. Voices. So in America, in the Western Europe, they were all quite hostile, and they're all quite, um, they're quite negative, they're quite oppressive. Um, but they did also have a study of voices in the East, like in India um, and, and in countries in Asia. And they found that it was, the voices were less harsh. Um, they were less negative and more kind of softer. Um, and, and the theory is, is that your voices are localized to where you live and in India, where the country is more spiritual, um, they have a more spiritual understanding of um, of psychosis, um, and so therefore, there's not such a, a, a fear about it. Um, so I think there are more people with psychosis are more accepted in, like, not maybe not in the establishment in India, but in the general, the common people. I would say. Whereas, obviously, in Western Europe and America, things things are different. We we're kind of much more um, consumer, corporate, capitalist culture. Yeah. Where where we don't accept spirituality, um, it's not it's it's a fringe subject. It's not really it's not really something that is in the mainstream. So if we experience something that is out of the normal spectrum, we just get um, I, I ostracized and stigmatized by that. What do you, do you think that is, what do you think about that? I think that's insanely fascinating. That's so cool to think about like how this, uh, I don't even know if I want to use this word, but I, I'm terrible with words. I do apologize. I'm going to say yeah. anomaly like is yeah. manifested here versus in other cultures. Like I, that's mm. so neat to think about. Like, okay, this is how it affects me. 
and how it affects someone on the other side of the world is really kind of yeah and, and also i think you know there's more to schizophrenia schizoaffective than meets the eye um it's not just my opinion is not just a a medical disorder i think there's more to it than that um i think there's more of a perhaps a spiritual aspect to it i don't know if you think about that i do uh i and i i agree with you i there's there's something else there but admittedly i don't know what that is and that's also can be kind of frustrating because you're like what else could it be especially like seeing it how it affects those in more spiritual countries like what does that mean kind of thing so yeah it's it's a search for answers you know what i mean yeah yeah you'll have the answer by next week i don't know (laughs) that's you know that's how like the brain works it kind of like it processes things in the background and then yeah you know yeah you kind of like wake up and Sorry, carry on. I was going to say, like, you kind of, you'll think about, a, like, you know, you leave work and there's a problem brewing in the back of their head and you make yeah, dinner exactly, and you take a yeah, shower exactly. and then you're, like, slamming your head down on the soap. Like, I know what this is. Uh, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, what I want to ask you, have you experienced discrimination? Um... So I would say I, yeah, back home, yes, back where my family's from. Again, uh, yeah. it's not something I talk about very much, but uh, I did try to broach the subject with my mother, and it was a disaster. She's like, "You're being silly. You're being dramatic. This isn't a thing," yeah. you know. Um, so I, I wouldn't say. I'd say I'm pretty protected from it from the particular group of friends that I have since they're so very, that's good. They're wonderful. Like they're very understanding and you can say, I'm not all right. And they'll be like, okay, we'll figure it out. Um, So I'm very, very fortunate in that way. And in my younger days, uh, I don't remember much from my early twenties because I just was blitzed out of my mind. So I could have been, but it's mostly <laughs> it's mostly back in yeah. that southern area where there's uh, mm. the the pretenses you have to live it by. Okay. Okay. My final question is this: Is there anything you would like to to, to talk about, which I have not asked already? Uh, something which you'd like to bring up? Um, and just, you know, like to say to the listeners, is, is there anything like that? Um, I guess as an older person, kind of looking back, the, what do you think would be, let me ask you this question. I was already like, put, turn it around on you, but maybe you can help me yeah, with this answer. That's fine. Is, what kind of resources do you think would be best for kids in situations kind of like my own, where there's nowhere to reach out to because everyone has the mask. Like, how do you think, especially, well, nowadays we have the internet too. So like what resources would you recommend for younger listeners who might not know where to turn to for help? Cause they can't tell their parents. You know, I mean, like I say, the internet is, 
is the best thing out there. Um, you can contact people from all around the world um, with all different types of experiences. Um, you know, they can, if a younger person, they can contact me on, a, you know, from, on, they can contact me from this podcast, you know, and I'll speak to them, you know, or they can, yeah. you know, there's, there's forums on the internet, mental health forums where you can speak to people. There's, the, um, the two subreddits you know, are and, very and wonderful. I, yeah. I mean, the, in, in Reddit, there's lots of, there's lots of communities, like you say, and, you know, I mean, there's also um, in the UK we have we have various helplines, like we have the Samaritans, and we also have Childline as well. So Childline is a is a support line for children in trouble. Um, I'm not sure if there's one in America uh, like that, but you know, things things like that is that's important for for kids to um, to you know and and. And it's not like, um, yeah, I think, you know, kids kids are very, they're very, um, what's the word? They're kind of, they can take a lot of punishment um, yeah. and still be okay, I think. But it doesn't mean they have to. And, you know, any strange experiences, I think, I think um, like it's on TikTok, I follow a person who's got mental health issues and they're, you know, they're, they're like uh, 16, 17, and they just express themselves through music. And, that, and that's such a great thing to do is to express yourself through your music, for your for your clothes or what your hairstyles and just to get your emotions out. And I think that's so important, um, yeah. you know, because that kind of, it's kind of like an emotional oppression if you're if you're feeling that way when you're a child, I think that's that's the most important thing to do, you know, just to um, you know, and it and it's not all doom and gloom. There's a lot of positivity out there, and and it's just about kind of moving into the right direction. I think, you know, yeah, I think that's even good for like some of us who are diagnosed older, like there's communities online and people are so accepting and uh, want to help each other out. So it's really nice that in this day and age, people can get together and do that. I think that makes a huge yeah. difference so that others don't follow in some of the footsteps that us older generation who did not have those at an early age kind of fell into. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think you know, yeah, internet is wonderful um, in many ways for for people with mental health conditions. We really can yeah. have a voice, you know, which we didn't say 20, 30 years ago. We didn't have that voice, so um, that's fantastic. Okay, Joe, let's wrap it up here. I, I just want to ask you: Is there any particular type of music that you prefer, a, a genre or? A, particular type of song is it uh so i i speak a second language i speak japanese um my grandfather was stationed over there so growing up he thought it was important for children to have a second language and he's like this is the one i know so this is what i'm going to teach you so um i listen to a lot of uh j-rock to help keep my language skills up because i don't have a lot of people to talk to in japanese so I really enjoy that kind of stuff. And it also uh, has that occupation of my mind where I have to sit there and really listen and really like, okay, 
translate it kind of on the spot. That's excellent. <laughs> That's excellent. okay. I'll see what I can do. Um, I'll see what I can do. I can see if I can find some J Rock and play that at the end. So that so you know, it's been a real pleasure to speak with you, Jen. Um, uh, you know, really uh, nice to talk with. Um, I hope you. you enjoyed being interviewed by me and um, hopefully we will speak again. I do say I do have plans to try and bring people back kind of in the next year or so, maybe to have some sort of one-on-one or group discussions about various topics, I think, or just, just to find out how people are getting on. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. Oh, thank you, and thank you for doing this. That's absolutely fine. My pleasure.